There's a topic that often comes up with regard to the LGBTQ debate, and it's this. People claim that a person's born gay. Or someone will try to say, well, there's a gay gene, they can't help themselves. Life is predetermined. But the problem is, is that this goes radically in opposition to the Catholic understanding of the human person. Our human anthropology that is woven into the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. This is so much of what St. John Paul the Great wrote about in his work, Love and Responsibility, and even in Theology of the Body, a human anthropology and a human theology that's written on the human heart and the human body. And we need to have a greater discussion when these claims such as born gay or when the claim such as there's a genetic predisposition to same-sex attraction. It's just not true. And so is there a genetic source for sexual orientation? That's the question. And if you didn't catch it, last year in 2019, there was this massive comprehensive gene study done that finally re-emphasized and clarified that there is no gay gene. But there's nothing new here. This has been said over and over again by scientists and researchers for years. But what came out of the study in 2019 continued to clarify the truth of the fact that there's no gay gene. And there are a couple key areas I want to touch on today. Because we need to be able to have these difficult conversations. People will say, well, look at that gene study. It does say that there's some genetic impact in sexual orientation. But what's a problem here is that much of the coverage of the no gay gene or born gay theory that's out there doesn't properly look at the information. This is one of the largest searches yet with regard to a link between genetics and same-sex attraction. And it emphasizes the fact that genetics could play a small part, but is not a determining factor. You see, genes could account for only 8 to 25% of the variables that differ between two groups of people, people with same-sex behavior and people without same-sex behavior. So the emphasis here is that it could influence, but there are other differences, genetic differences between these two groups of people, not just having to do with same-sex attraction. You see, and so from there they come out and talk about how, well, there are genetic factors, but they say it's only five possible DNA markers, not genes. There are not five DNA genes that influence whether or not a person is same-sex attracted or not. There are five possible markers, but they're not actual links. They do not determine a person's behavior. For example, let me show you one of those links. It has to do with male baldness. And they show that there seem to be a predominance of people who live a same-sex lifestyle who are also bald. But here's the problem. Not all bald men are gay, 
nor are all gay men bald. So if someone is suddenly prematurely bald at 19, 25, 35 years old, they must suddenly be gay, right? Because genes determine whether or not you're gay because it's a pre predetermined for you. No, that's not the case. And you see, this is where people try to use science and twist things. It's just not true. Now, one of the things that came out that was continued to be really emphasized in this study is that although there are these slight links in the differences between the two groups, it's not just same-sex attraction. There are differences between the two. It also talked about how influences from hormone exposure in the womb and environment where we talk about nature versus nurture also have a major impact on sexual development. Is this any surprise when in 2020 we're living in a culture of confusion about gender? For example, I mistakenly posted, well, I intentionally posted it and then later on um, was corrected. I posted that I'm a dancer, okay? So I posted this cute little video of this little child, like maybe three or four years old, dancing incredibly talented, a lot of attitude. And I posted on my Instagram story a week or two ago and sent it to a couple friends who love and appreciate dancing. And it wasn't until I sent it to my mom that, you know, she'll really appreciate this. Then she messages back and goes, Timory, I thought it was a little girl dancing. That's a little boy. And I went on and continued to see that they have this whole Instagram social media account for a little boy who they dress up as a little girl. I have no problem with him dancing. He's clearly incredibly talented. But the problem is, is that they're exploiting this young four-ish year old child for attention having to do with this identity they're forcing on him, that they're nurturing within him, the confusion and ambiguity. Again, this genetic study came out emphasizing that, in fact, hormonal influences in the womb and environmental and nurturing influences have an even greater impact on the outcome of same-sex attraction than genetics ever would or could. And it even emphasized that if there are genetic links to sexual orientation, they are only slight influencers. In other words, meaning it's not a written ticket that you'll experience same-sex attraction. And this is what's really important. Genetics cannot predict if a person is gay or straight. And this is what came out of this study. Even with all the possible slight markers that could be there, it was cl made clear that there's no gay gene. And it does not determine whether you're gay or straight. You see, a predisposition... A slight predisposition is not the same as a predetermination. Your life is not predetermined by genetics. It cannot determine your behavior or your experiences. Yet activists try to claim that the born gay theory or gay gene is there, but science continues to say otherwise. And it settled this debate. Yet activists refuse to acknowledge it. And it's sad because what in reality is happening is activists are refusing to acknowledge the freedom of the human person. Attraction can be influenced 
but that's not the same as behavior, which is why we have to talk about how sexual attraction is an experience. It's not your identity. Same-sex attraction is not who you are. And I'll give you this example. A married man or woman could be attracted to someone of the opposite sex who is not their spouse. Should they suddenly identify as a cheater? Should they suddenly identify as someone other than a husband to their wife? Just because there is an attraction that has occurred with another person? And that's regardless of whether or not they've acted on that attraction. You see, we've gotten into this culture of identity politics that has further confused and deformed the human identity. Same-sex attraction is not who you are. It's not your identity. Who you're attracted to doesn't determine who you are. Attraction isn't essential, in fact, for your existence. Therefore, it's not who you are. You see, gay is a lifestyle. It's not an identity. I've had the opportunity to work with some of the top people who were there at the beginning of the founding of the Apostolate Courage who worked for years with young men who experienced same-sex attraction but wanted to live in accordance with their Catholic faith and choose a life of chastity. And the emphasis was always made to them in this guidance when they'd be talking to the people in the Courage Apostolate that gay is a lifestyle, it's not who you are. Just because you have a particular attraction does not determine how you will act. You see, this is fundamental as people of faith. Do we or do we not believe that we are created in the image and likeness of God? Because if we do believe that we are created in the image and likeness of God, that transforms any predisposition, any nurturing or exposure we might have.